This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to Goodfellas Minute 51. I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say Hello and welcome to Goodfellas Minute, the only podcast that analyzes the Martin Scorsese picture Goodfellas one tootsie tootsie minute at a time. My name is Ron Richards and I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hello. And Connor Kilpatrick is not with us today, but in his place, we've got a wonderful special guest with Mr. Chris Radke of Geek.com. How are you doing, Chris? Hello, everybody. Welcome to the fold. 
You may recognize Chris from his appearances on the Star Wars Minute. Hey, Paisan. Which is... (laughs) (laughs) Not only did we steal their format, but now we're stealing their guests. So, (laughs) no, it's all part of the family. See, it's a big family, like the Mafia, which doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. Okay, so uh, this minute starts off with uh, the police, quote-unquote, harassing Karen while they search the Hill home. And it ends with some lovely Polaroids of the family together through big life events. There you go. That's my first note on this minute is that in the narration, Karen is telling us how the police are always harassing them and looking for a handout. And I don't know about you guys, but those policemen seem very polite and calm and just doing their jobs. Their paperwork is in order. Yes. Like, I did not see any harassment going on. No, they were very, very kind to not interrupt her watching that man make strange mouth whistle noises <laughs> for easily half the minute. That well, they were well, that's the other thing. So, yeah. So, so while the police are searching the house, Karen is sitting with, I guess, the, the newborn hill baby. And the, she's watching TV very intently. Well, I had made a note. I, at first, I said, why Al Jolson? And then I, I sort of did a little look. This is from uh, The Jazz Singer, yep. which is famous for being the first sync sound film in 1927. And I thought, well, why are they showing this? And here's what I saw. This is, the, this is the first line of description from Wikipedia. And you tell me if this seems like it fits. The film depicts the fictional story of Jakey Rabinowitz, a young man who defies the traditions of his devout Jewish family. Yep. So what you've got here... Is Karen, and and she's she's reaping what she has sown. So she's oh she's re- she's relating to the jazz singer. She's relating Maybe. to Al Jolson. Yeah. Well, so so then why of all the songs in the jazz singer is it this song, which is a song called "Toot Toot Tootsie Goodbye"? I think it's the way to get up across what it is we're looking at as soon as possible, because this <laughs> is like the big number from it. Yeah. So that way he doesn't have to spend a lot. I mean, he gets his he gets his licensing worth out of this. I mean, we <laughs> see. Plenty of shots. <laughs> He's, you know, and at the best is it, it's really when they're like, all right, if we need to sync sound to a movie, wh- what can you do, Al? And he starts <laughs> doing this weird, like, <laughs> and you're like, like, like mouth, exactly har- mouth harp almost, you know, right? <laughs> exactly. Mouth trombone. The, the artistic <laughs> sing whistle is not, is not as celebrated now as it was once. But, but no. I, I just still love it. It's the shot, and they zoom in on the TV, then they cut to a tighter zoom, and then Karen is just sitting there staring at the television. Mesmerized. Ignoring the baby. It's very specific, (laughs) which is why I think there's more going on than I understand. And she's totally sitting there being like, how does he do that? How does he make that noise? (laughs) It's it's, it's crazy. The the other thing is this brought up the idea that we see – this is the first time we see one of the Hill children or Hildren. Hildren. <laughs> the Hildren. I mean, I'm embarrassed of that. Uh, and it sort of made me realize that as as a general rule, they pay very little attention to the kids in this. They're very tangential to everything else that's happening, as opposed to most movies, you know, where, like, you have kids that changes every and my life <laughs> changes yeah. sort of everything that happens, and it doesn't act as any kind of a speed bump for a guy like Henry, which is interesting. Well, yeah, and I think, I think we're, we're going to get into that a little later this week as well, too. <laughs> but that's amazing. That was, I mean, that, that whole, that, that's filmmaking right there. He's like, what is it, what, you know, Scorsese's totally thinking, what can I possibly put on the screen while she's dealing with this? Oh, you know what? The jazz singer is an allegory for her plight, and it's right. that's that's terrific. Listen, I, didn't, yeah. I think there's more to it, but I, that's the best I can come up with. Yeah, no, no, I think you're I think you're onto something. I yeah, I, I I just find it fascinating that the jazz singer is on in the middle of the day. 
in in nineteen sixty eight sixty eight sixty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll go with that. I was like, well, cable. No, 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 no. no yeah, there's really no, that was on ABC. On, no, yeah, on like <laughs> at this Tuesday point, afternoon. Yeah, I think a better better. Cha- it might have been on Channel thirteen. It might have been on PBS. I don't know. That seems like that sort of thing. <laughs> but on know. the afternoon. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. Or Griffin time. But um, I also like the cutaway shots of the police searching the place again, not very intently or hard. Like one, like he opens a drawer and just looks at it and shuts the drawer. Well, she <laughs> says they're looking for a handout. Yeah, I didn't see that either. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it seems yeah. like they were all in the up and up. Yeah. This is the this is the ongoing you know distortion field basically where she's just like, yep, these guys are just harassing us. Right. You're a criminal. And the whole thing about the other mo- other mob wives' uh, reactions, how Mickey Conway used to spit on her floor, and she never understood <laughs> that. Why would you spit on your own floor and like give the police a hard time? It was better just to call the lawyer. I like how how Mickey's a good match for Jimmy Conway. She's feisty. She's Arbiata. She she does seem like such a she seems she's Arbiata. Jesus, <laughs> Josh, come on. He's Irish. It's not even like it. <laughs> I was uh, I was Paul Giamatti and Johnny Brasco there. Oh, okay. Forget about it. Well, wrong wrong movie. But yeah, no, I think it's interesting cuz she always seems very Well, I don't know. She's kind of feisty at the hostess party, too. Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I, yeah, she is. Yeah. I think it's nice. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. They, they got a nice thing going on. Too. <laughs> <laughs> They're a good match, you know the way they the way they fight together. You know, <laughs> good at fighting. Well, so speaking of that, we transition to Mickey Conway mm-hmm. a- as uh, we see little Jimmy's birthday party at the Conway household. Yeah, yeah. it's nice. I like how as they're all singing, Jimmy's voice cuts through everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here De Niro. Well, well, this is uh, that's fascinating for several. This this whole thing is fascinating for several reasons. One is that when will you ever see De Niro in a party hat like that ever again? I have that note. Conway in a silly hat, (laughs) or a nice, uh, or nice like you know kind of aquamarine you know polo shirt that he's wearing as well. Well, it's it's casual, Jimmy. It's casual, Jimmy. Jimmy on a Sunday, <laughs> which, which I also I also like. Like, the, the, see, there's a fascinating thing that happens when you pause this movie, and and I, it happened when we did when you know the Star Wars stuff, whatever. But in this case, you pause the movie when little Jimmy's in front of the birthday cake and he's getting ready to blow out the candles, and on the table you have an aluminum foil tin of baked ziti to the left, right? <laughs> you have not one but two antipastos. Okay, bookending the birthday cake, and then in front of the antipastos are several pre-made sandwiches just waiting. And then mixed in with all of this are bottles of beer and mustard and vodka. <laughs> You're not paying for any of that. Like this is, and no. this is, this is all I'm saying is that this is a party. <laughs> they needed, they needed to show the six foot hero, half Italian, half American. <laughs> I'm just saying, for little Jimmy, they pulled out all the stops. All the spread. <laughs> I also like, did you notice that as Jimmy gets, as little Jimmy gets pulled to the cake, he walks by Tommy, who not only pinches his cheek, but kicks him in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> and no, and no one does anything. No one goes, oh, leave him alone no. or whatever. Like, like he just, he outright kicks the child. Cause I think yeah. he's, I think he's jealous. Yeah, he's a, you, you little fucker. There's yeah. A whole, yeah. I, I can't tell you how many uncles that I've had that, that, that say the most inappropriate things to children and that, or kick them in the ass. <laughs> the, you little the, prick. The, you little unbelievable. Yeah, it's... Oh. The, the cheek pinch is very accurate. Yeah, that is very well done. I feel like they were all okay with that. That, that quote-unquote makes them tough. What, you can't take that? Right. right. But, but the thing is, is that no, it's almost as if 
uh, Tommy, I'm going to say Joe Pesci, he's not even there. The kid doesn't react. No one reacts. He does it to him. I've rewound it and watched it several times. He pinches his cheek and kicks him, and the kid ignores him. The kid knows enough about having Uncle Tommy around that he's not going to say anything. <laughs> the kid is dead inside. He's yeah. already witnessed already. the horrors. <laughs> it's true. You don't want to piss off Daddy. I mean, like, in that house, you you take it. Yeah. Exactly. You just wait. Well, yeah. Whatever Daddy wants. But the yeah. thing is, if you behave, you got ziti, you got antipasto, you got sandwiches, and a birthday cake with your toys on it. <laughs> right? It's a pretty good life for little yeah. Jimmy. Little I'm, Jimmy. Think, I'm thinking you get sick of that spread. The children. Probably three or four of those a month. Well, how 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 sick of how sick uh, do you think uh, little Jimmy is of being called little Jimmy? Yeah, that's a problem. All right, so I've got I I have a I guess he's my mother's second cousin, and everyone calls him. He's now in his sixties, and he's been known his entire life as Jackie Boy, and. This, these are the the Italians. Uh, this is Bronx Italian uh, over here, and Jackie Boy has been uh, like he was a man child from day one. And those of us who were kind of who have escaped the Bronx, you always kind of look back at it, and you could literally drive through the, the this part of the Bronx where we live. And Jackie Boy, every day he just he sits on his stoop, and that's what he does for a living. And he is this, you know, he's like completely, you know, just a, a immature. Man, at this point, a grown ass man. But they call him Jackie Boy, and I and I've always felt that because they've they've he's got this like little Jimmy or these little kind of these nicknames, he's fulfilled that, and he's just remained this kind of you know, goomba dopey Peter Pan without any of the magic. That's why, that's why he needed to get kicked in the ass. Well, well yeah, yeah. Well, Chris, I can't. I mean, it's almost as if we rehearsed this because I was called at least until my teen years. Uh, baby Ronnie. <laughs> because my godson is Baby Lewis. Yes, yeah. he's still he's twenty five years old. Right, exactly. So my father, my father's name is Ron as well, and everyone called him Ronnie. And so when I was born, therefore, I became Baby Ronnie to the point where, for at least from the years of nineteen eighty one through nineteen eighty four, I had a light blue T shirt. With iron-on letters, oh. you know the iron-on letters. I know that, exactly the shirt you talking about. Did you, you, did you about. get it at the at the, at the Long Island Arena flea <laughs> market? Oh yeah, possibly on Jericho Turnpike. Like clearly, it was made custom because they don't make shirts that say "Baby Ronnie." Yet <laughs> I had it, and not only was it the iron iron-on Cooper Black font letters, it was <laughs> it, it was they were sparkly. It was Pedro. No, they were sparkly letters. Yes, it's the Vote oh, Pedro wow. font. It's exactly the Vote Pedro font. <laughs> I know the sparkly ones. I know, I, I, I know iron sparkle, oh. or sparkly iron on letters. We, I mean, <laughs> we all do. We are that age. Right. My my friend's little brother was in love with this girl, Stacy, and he convinced his mom to take him to the Long Island Arena flea market oh, to get Long a Island custom Island. shirt made. And oh. it said, and he wanted to get "I love Stacy" in this those that font, those shirts, maybe with rainbow letters, and he couldn't fit all of her name in it, so oh. it just said "I love Stick," S T A C, <laughs> and he and he thought that was okay, and he wore it to school like it's this profession of love, and he and it was it was. It was amazing. It was wow. one of the greatest things ever. And that's, that's, but yes, Baby Ronnie. <laughs> that, is, that, that story is almost as great as the Long Island Arena was. <laughs> right? 
Oh, the, uh, Josh, to fill you in, the Long Island Arena was an arena that was meant for like hockey or things like that. It was, I think, it was it was uh, minor league hockey played yes. there. Yep. Yeah. And and by the time Chris and I grew up on Long Island in the in the eighties, it had just disintegrated into a horrible flea market. <laughs> Like, horrible. And to this day, like, you can Google Long Island Arena and you can see photos of it. It was this massive, like, semicircle coming out of the ground out of an endless parking lot. I'll never forget it. it yeah. was, and this was, it was actually behind the – we're getting totally off track of, of the movie, and I'm sorry. It was sorry. behind the drive-in. It was behind the drive-in, and it was behind the RKO where I saw Return of the Jedi. Yes. So there you go. I just it want was- the listeners at home to know that these two men have never met or spoken to each other before. <laughs> But I knew this was going to happen. But already we're like this. We're like this. Now, can I tell you to this day, and Chris, you'll appreciate this, when I'm talking to my sister about going somewhere and she's like, oh, I need to go to whatever store. I go, oh, by the Long Island Arena. And And she goes, oh, yeah. And we just pretend like it still exists. So <laughs> it still does. Yeah. You know, screw that Stearns that took over the spot. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's uh, Stearns is down the road. Uh, now what's there is the the Target and the Bye Bye Baby and the it's all behind the the Candlelight Diner. Uh yeah, no yeah. it's it is it's, it's been so long. Yeah, the, the Long Island Arena was was great. It was this, it was like a shanty town oh, inside was... an abandoned arena. And I remember the best things about it would be I would go there with whatever dollars I could scrape up and I would buy Puffy stickers, yeah, and shark's teeth, and I had like, like I had like a full jaw of of, of loose shark's teeth that I were bought at the Long Island Arena. Everything that we're saying now is is like you. This is the, the dividing line for where millennials start because yes, like exactly. I don't understand what that is, yeah, and we're all like, "Yep." Now what's shark's fa- teeth. Now what's <laughs> fascinating is that is it is a it was a four thousand seat indoor arena. <laughs> 4,000 seats, okay? And literally, they stopped playing sports there in, like, 1973 so for, or 75. And so it went, It was a flea market for, for 20 years. And yeah. also interesting note is that in 1960, President John F. Kennedy visited it during his campaign. Wow. You think Henry Hill ever had any business there? Oh, yeah. I'm sure they went to a game or something. I mean, yeah, well, no. 19, uh, well, yeah, maybe. Or, or, or maybe some, some, some shady stuff going on at the flea market. No, yeah, I, they, well, they they did a lot of like off the truck electronic sales. Oh yeah, oh totally, there. yeah, yeah. No, actually, I will go to say that Henry Hill probably did because, and we'll get to it later in the movie. But later in his life, Henry lived in Comac, which is where the Long Island Arena was. That's true. Holy yeah. shit! That's, right? That's completely feasible. Yeah. That Henry Hill had spent, you know, had bought like dungarees at the at the Long Island Arena. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely feasible. Completely. Okay. So there you go. All there right. We, go. we tied it back. This. Tied it back. <laughs> I'm calling this. Wow. Let me call me in a city hat. And then, uh, of course, as we get to the end of this, uh, we start to see the snapshots. Well, yeah, because Karen is saying how it was the normal life. Like, they were just one big family. Like, they did everything together. But they only did things together. They were cloistered like a cult. Well, no, you guys, you guys say cult. I say family. Chris, where do you net out on this? I think it's... I think it's family. Because yeah, the reality like the is, Mansons. I look at my, <laughs> my my family up in the Bronx, and they don't interact with other people. They don't leave right. the Bronx. They don't leave the three block radius. Right. Where were these pictures taken? Did they did they go to Florida? That's what I was. I, that whole thing, that entire thing. Where I was thinking, look at those pictures. I'm like, 
they must have like staged a bunch of different little like each one of these pictures has some story. They just go to Hamptons. Well, that that, that that's my that's my note for tomorrow because there are more photos. Yeah, it we, just yeah. starts this. Yeah, so sa- so save it for tomorrow. But yeah, no, it, clearly they're having fun taking these photos. So that was a fun day on the set. But yeah, and there's that first photo. I want to remember that first photo and check out the sweet white shoes that, that henry is wearing <laughs> it was like ooh, these like patent leather like they're, they're like capizios they're yeah. pretty awesome the, some of the some of the fashions in this also we get we see so karen is pregnant again and we see what what is, can only be described as a pink like <laughs> like like barbie doll-esque mater- dress maternity thing. dress yeah exactly <laughs> it's <laughs> like what the fembot is wearing in, in uh in austin powers well it just like, it just reminds me that back then like women advertised they were pregnant you know what i mean like by wearing yeah. these ridiculous dresses of maternity dresses that are just like <laughs> the jackie o maternity collection yeah oh just fascinating just totally like yeah some some uh, in addition to some of the other great fashions of the rest of the party attendees which we will get to does anybody else have anything else for minute 51 <laughs> I wish I could make Al Jolson whistle mouth noises, but I, know, I tried to do it. If only yeah. difficult. There's, by the way, there's also an open it's bottle. Difficult. There's also an open bottle of Cuddy Sark, maybe a foot yes. from the birthday cake. Well, yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Anyway, so all right. Well, that wraps it up for minute 51. Uh, so tune in tomorrow uh, for minute 52. Until then, you can go to Twitter and find us at Goodfellas Min or on Instagram and Facebook at Goodfellas Minute. And of course, you can find all of our episodes at GoodfellasMinute.com. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to GoodfellasMinute.com/support, where you can find a link to our Patreon, a link to Amazon. All those things help us out in the process. We appreciate it. If you have any questions or concerns, you can email us at contact at GoodfellasMinute.com. And uh, Chris, are you going to be able to join us tomorrow, or can you stick around? Yeah, I think All I right. could do that. All right, cool. Well, it's been great having you. So, <laughs> likewise. All right, I'll so, see you gents tomorrow. All right, so but in between the time, let's go to the Long Island Arena. We can go hit the flea market. Yeah, I need to go get some uh, some some rock T-shirts, three-quarter length rock T-shirts, and or a buckwheat shirt and uh, very small Smurf figurines. Oh my oh. god, Smurfs there! <laughs> Smurfs. Everybody was just yup. Uh-huh. Or will I go from a rags to return? My fate is on.